2: to the, the, the frozen sea podcast from your davy jones locker room writing crew we're going to react to the amazing crack and victory in game three and talk a little bit about, about what might happen for game four which is happening tomorrow night at climate pledge arena i'm sean mallon at what's the crack on twitter joined by sky sky on air underscore at twitter and zane bag at ZBeg on Twitter. Hello. Why don't you start us off
0: after a kind of difficult to watch, sort of very frustrating game two, where the Dallas Stars uh, largely controlled the course of play, especially when it came to uh, uh, boneheaded penalties given out to them where they capitalized once out of the three times they had uh, the Seattle Kraken got a couple days off thanks to the magic of NHL scheduling and then just beat the brakes off of the Dallas Stars. They came back in an emphatic way. They took uh, 20 minutes to decide whether or not they were going to eat their prey this day, on that day and then ripped off four goals in the first 10 minutes of the game and then just kept adding more on. Lots to discuss. Um, they came out of this in... They came into this game with just so much fire, so much of a... It almost looked like a different team, just how well they responded. And I just want to start with, uh, how'd y'all like
2: Game 3? It was great. It was uh, just an amazing set of uh, adjustments by the coaching staff. Let's point out that Haxtell is nominated for Coach of the Year, and I think he's a candidate. The playoffs allegedly don't factor in, but the voters are watching. and. Game to game, he's found a way.
0: Zam, do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, Game Three as it stood?
2: Yeah, I think um,
1: I think a lot of the uh, issues that they had in Game Two were not an issue of game plan, but rather of execution. And by execution, I mean they looked completely gassed. Like I thought they were going to come out flat in Game One against Dallas, having played that exhausting Game Seven against Colorado two days prior. But like they were fine, but then game two, it really seemed like it, it caught up to them because the thing is like the the matchups were still there to hunt. So like the the Esslindel, Leonni, Hawk and Pa, well, all, all of Dallas's defensemen, um, except for Mir Haskin, which we'll talk later, um, are like slow or immobile or have things that um that uh, Seattle can take advantage of. Um, Dallas' forwards and Hiskinen, uh do a, a really good job of, like, working connected to, like, cover that stuff up. But in game one, the Jak and Pa uh, Lindell um, pairing, they have no answer for the Seattle four check. They're just way too slow. Um, if you look on the overtime goal, the like, Lindell is, like, he's turned around, and he can't even, like, turn around fast enough to, like, track the puck. That like, gives Yanni a chance to, like, just get the open shot and score the game-winning goal. Um, and so what I saw in game two was not, oh, Dallas adjusted and Seattle like now has to figure out what the counter adjustment is, which is what I I thought did happen in the Colorado series. Um, here it was just like, oh, Seattle just doesn't have it. They're just out of juice and whatever game plan they had doesn't really matter because if you, you can't forecheck, you're not finishing your checks, you're not winning puck battles. It doesn't matter if you're like, well, we're going to set up a two, one, two, like, you know, you're, you're just losing, Right. Whereas in this game, especially after Haskins went down, they were just completely like they—they they cannot exit their zone. They cannot exit their zone with their slow defense, and Clara, or, and uh, Seattle took like advantage of that over and over and over and over again. And I think it's it's just really smart that they can realize these weaknesses and then they just attack them relentlessly.
0: No disagreement here. Um, I definitely thought that uh, you did make, bring up a great point. They had played an insane amount of hockey and especially a lot of really high uh, stakes hockey over the uh, first uh, two games. And they did look very out of sorts. You could tell uh, they uh, the broadcast was focusing in on Matty Veneers. He looked real frustrated through game two, but he was all smiles in game three. They were playing like they knew that they had the stars exactly where they wanted them. And to your point, a big part of this starts very early on in the second period where uh Miro Heiskinen gets uh popped in just the worst way. I really would never want to take that kind of shot off the off the kisser for any amount of money so imagine the kind of bravery it takes to do that as an NHL defenseman uh, but losing him was such a key portion to them winning game three and, uh, I believe that they said that he's going to be fine coming into game four, but if he's going to be struggling, if he's going to have to wear the fishbowl, which I know not a whole lot of NHL defensemen really like wearing the fishbowl. They think it's, uh, it really messes with their vision really um, fogs up in a way that people just don't like. Well, don't like uh, they could be in a real uh, tough spot coming into game four, but let's talk a little more cracking. Um, as you said, relentless four check, absolutely punished. Dallas's. uh weaker skating game on the back end um but i also want to say man they got some excellent shots and jake ottinger did not look good he looked real bad um what did what did you guys think of uh how dallas's goaltending uh performed tonight uh, on last night rather because you know philip grubauer had a 923 save percentage he looked you know like he's been he's been really good had a couple of uh uh, maybe maybe one goal you could say you he could have, but other than that, he could have played 900. Uh, say percentage hockey and still blown away. Both Scott Wedgewood, who didn't have to play a whole lot of game, but Jake Ottinger really struggled. I just want to hear your uh, guys' thoughts on this. Uh well, he gave up five
1: shots and uh, or uh, five goals and eight shots, I think, in the second period. Yeah, that was. Um, uh, <laughs> I I I wonder if he's injured. That's that. That is my my thought because he is so good, and he was so good in the last round. And he was, you know, like the, like in those playoffs, you're like, well, who are the the playoff goaltenders tenders that you can like kind of rely on to to be good? It's like, okay, well, it's just a and Vasilevsky. and like Ondrej was was definitely on that list. Like, yeah, he was he's a dragon. Like, he's terrifying. And like for him to give up, the, the, like the Susie shot was really really weak. Um, the Medeiros goal, like high slot, like. Uh, high gloves or high blocker side, um, seems to be like where they're targeting, but it just, it just, you know, we've seen a lot of Jake Ottinger. It was the worst game of his career. Um, it in the second worst game of his professional career, he did have one AHL game where he had a worse, uh, save percentage. That's it. Playoffs, regular season, whatever. Um, I, I just wonder if he's injured.
2: John, a you have possibility. Any thoughts? Yeah. Um, uh, I will note that uh, Wenberg scored on him high glove. It's the first person to score on him high glove without a tip in the entire playoffs. Uh, but they were going in everywhere. And one reason might be injury. I mean, the thing about a goaltender, unlike a player with an injury, they start skating, they get it warmed up The goalies stand in there most of the game. So his injury could tighten up even over the course of a game. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Very possible. Um, I will say that as, as time has gone on throughout the NHL, I think it's becoming more clear that as a goaltender, you don't need a guy who's always like necessarily the best, but you need a guy who's unquestionably healthy, both mentally and physically. And I got the impression that he was really laboring to try and get that blocker up or try and get his kind of get his hand, his hands above his shoulders. So I wonder if there's something either underneath his arm or there's a there's a shoulder thing that's been bothering him. Uh, he did kind of get roughed up a couple times in the Minnesota series. So uh, something could be nagging him. But I think, again, that defense without Mira Heiskanen is in huge <laughs> trouble if they have to keep facing uh, the kind of play that the Kraken get from their uh, from their deep, deep lineup, who once again got about seven players uh, on the board, which is just. At this point, it's par for the course, but it's still really crazy that they're able to spread out the scoring as evenly as they are. Um, is there any performance specifically on the Kraken side you want to give a uh, props to? Because I have a couple of guys who I definitely want to give props, but uh, I want to hear who uh, who impressed you guys first.
2: Well, I'll, take, I'll go first if you want. Um, I, I tweeted during the game that this guy was traded away by the Edmonton Oilers because they didn't, he could perform in the playoffs. Jordan Eberle scored again. He, I mean, his pedigree all the way back to the World Juniors. I don't know if you remember his uh, overtime goal Tavares to Eberle against Team Russia. He's He's yeah. been clutch his whole career and he just continued and he's in the right spot and he's playing with uh, some competent players I just can't get over Baneers who should absolutely win the Calder as well. Just does not ever look like a rookie.
0: What a what a beauty, Zam. You got anybody? He doesn't look like a rookie physically or the way he plays. <laughs>
1: You're like that guy's not 20.
0: He's the he's the he, he goes between 19 and 35 depending on what the light he's looks like. <laughs> God, what a great um player.
1: You know, it's a little obvious, but like uh especially after seeing him so much last year. And then also, um, being a Colorado fan prior to this, I've seen a lot of Philip Grubauer, like a lot. Um, mm. and so seeing him uh play the way the way that he did, and just like he's so calm, he seems so quiet, and he just is reading the the plays very very well. He's just seeing the puck r- really well and he's doing it consistently night after night after night in these playoffs. And that was just obviously not the case last year and it was like kind of not the case this year at least for the first I don't know half or three quarters of the season and then he kind of came, you know, in, in, after the injury, but it's one thing when it's like, all right, well, you know, Grubauer looked great against the the Coyotes or the you know, the Blackhawks or whatever because the Kraken hadn't beat a playoff team um, between the time that they um, beat Boston in January and the playoffs. I don't think they beat a single team that made the playoffs. Maybe they had one, right? And so it's like, well, they're feasting on a weak competition, but what happens when the playoffs starts? Well, now we, we have seven games against Colorado, now three games against Dallas, and Grubauer has been pretty good or very good in most of them.
0: Yeah, um, I, have nothing, I have nothing to add other than just I think it was very important for them to rebuild Grubauer's confidence down the stretch because um, he did have some stumbles throughout. So they kind of fed him a little weaker competition, tried to get him back into a rhythm coming into the playoffs. So regardless of how they played, um, he would be the one who would be the most ready for it. And I'll give the team credit. They finally have given him the goal support that he deserves. He has played mm-hmm. unbelievably well, and we've been hammering throughout the season. Grubauer needs goal support. Grubauer needs goal support, and he needs, and he finally gets it, and he looks amazing. And you know, they're also not going through these stretches where he's kind of death spiraling. He's still playing confidently. He's not letting goals get to him. He's just all right now. On to the next play. And that's been huge other than Grubauer as a skate. Obviously Grubauer is my MVP of at least the last uh, couple of games. I would say my skater MVP is probably Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord is just so much fun. He is such a pain in the ass. And I, I don't even know how to describe it. He played a crazy game in game three. He got a shorthanded goal. That's huge, especially for a special teams that has been uh, kind of ticky-tack throughout the uh, postseason. And, of course, he's just causing trouble. He's doing nothing but causing trouble and stirring up uh, issues for the Dallas Stars. He's just playing that kind of veteran presence hockey that everyone is very kind of, eh, maybe it exists or it doesn't. Yanni Gord seems to have it right now. And he's just Taking it to the stars in a way that will make instant fans of him for probably the rest of his time here.
2: Um. On that note, Yanni he is—he's a shit disturber. There was a lot, a lot of stick work towards the end of that game, and I wonder how ugly this series might get if uh, the Kraken go up three-one. Fingers crossed. I think that the end of this game could look very similar, and then you never know you never know game five if uh Dallas is I mean now I'm it's wish thinking here maybe, but if if we're up four one, three minutes left in game five, is Dallas just hacking and slashing their their way to the offseason?
0: Um, that's a good question. I think they're built they they have some of that. They have a little bit of uh snarl that's built in, especially in their uh forward core, but they look more frustrated from just how quickly things changed on them not having Miro in for any length of time just completely brought them out of sorts and you could feel that frustration even their really good forward core uh just couldn't get anything going they like Jason Robertson had a half decent chance he couldn't get a shot off uh the Tyler Sagan had shot after shot after shot. He couldn't get it going. Wyatt Johnson, who uh, the defending uh, Big D guys really, really love and really wanted him to get Calder consideration this year. Um, he couldn't get anything done. And I feel like part of it is just pure frustration. I'm pretty sure that they're if they're going to try and get into this series, it's going to be because they, if God forbid, they're up 4-1 they they are going to try and turn it on as best they can like this is a team that is far too skilled to fall into traps of well play for pride and really make them show you're there we already know that they're there this is a series that has never seen any neutral zone time like they don't they go back and forth without concern for it like you have the skill to get into the zone and you know set up cycles without having to resort to that And if you can get them off their game in such a way, I feel like that will just turn a potential 4-1 elimination game into 5-6-1 in short order. Because I don't think uh, they're a team that's really built to uh, super take advantage of that. I feel like if you get them off their game of high-flying, freewheeling, lots of shots, um, they really struggle. And... Uh, I just hope that the Kraken can keep uh, frustrating them in such a way. It's a lot harder to maintain a high flying
1: uh, transition offense or defense when the best by far on both ends, uh, your defenseman, if he's not playing right. Like, uh you know, like his, like, I just, yeah, you know, I'm going to keep bringing him up because he's so important and he's just so good. Uh, but like. Everything, the whole plan, the whole pl- the way they play, everything—it's just it—it it, it really hinges on him. And then the other thing that I think is really um, important that I was really happy to see is that look, Colorado was a one-line team, right? And like sometimes, oh. if it ran in on the second line, but whereas like by by putting Pavelski not on the Hints uh, Robertson line, which I think has been the best line in hockey the last two years. Um, I was concerned that, like, well, Dallas is now, like, kind of a two or three line team because Dodonov is also, like, very good on the, the third line. Anaheim Ducks legend, uh, of getting oh. Dodonov. And, uh, and the way that has borne out was not like I think, like, the Beneers line has been good defensively. I think the, the Gordon line has, you know, been great, obviously. But it's just like, okay, well, Dallas now has three lines, but Seattle has at least three lines that can play them defensively. And that's something that I didn't know um, how that was going to play out heading into the series because we've only seen them really like load up against the one Colorado line because Colorado only has one line and Dallas has like three. And so, and, and Seattle's doing like a really, really good job of, of handling that well. And I'm just really impressed with um with both the coaching and then also just the defensive discipline of each of the players on the ice.
0: No disagreement there. Absolutely none. Um, let's move ahead. Think about uh, Game Four here. Still going to be at Climate Pledge. Still going to be a raucous building. Very excited to see that crowd once again get behind their squids, uh, regardless of how much TBS tries to turn them down or TNT. Um, but they. Uh, one thing I definitely want to caution coming into Game Four is Dallas is the king of the get right game. Um, it's not. It's a little bit like uh, a little bit like the Kraken when it comes to giving up the goal, the first goal and then get, fighting and getting that next goal back. Um, they're kind of like that throughout this playoffs when it comes to winning games. So they have been punched in the stomach more than once. They have looked really rough through the first couple of the ga- games they played against Minnesota. And then they just sort of turned it back on and got their act together and just sort of became the Dallas stars of the regular season again. So I want to know what you guys think is the most important thing that they can do to stem the tide, uh, try and uh, take a commanding series lead here rather than potentially uh, even this up again.
2: I can go. Okay. Um, uh, Well, they've been doing it the whole playoffs. I don't know that there's been a team that has been as consistent at scoring the first goal ever as the Kraken have been. And getting it again in game four is just going to get things going in the right way. You get inside the goaltender's head. Uh If Heiskanen's there, if he's hundred percent, I mean, all those things are going to factor in, but getting an early lead and then protecting it like the crack and do so well, that's number one key.
0: All right.
2: Yeah. Um, I had a thought. Just
1: lost <laughs> I'll just, uh, I'll defer back to you.
0: Uh, I guess the big thing for me is uh, through the first 10 minutes of the games where Dallas is down, they really bring the hammer. They do not, they do not miss. They do not miss an execution. They really, really, really drive up the shot attempts and uh, really force you to make mistakes. So if the Kraken can, you know, play calmly, try not to take any boneheaded penalties. Um, and really focus down on attacking the net, keeping the puck and especially doing the right things with the puck. Don't, uh, don't dump off in into the middle of the ice where there's only going to be a Dallas defender defender waiting for it. Um, try to get those passes that come to the blue line because the, uh, as well as the Kraken defense has done, uh, in general, uh, there are a couple of guys who are uh, fumbling at the puck on the on the blue line, which mm-hmm. admittedly is a, it's a tough uh, pass to take anyway. But that's still a way that you can continue zone time, force them to get tired, force them to keep defending, force them to keep blocking shots, and that can be a huge part of uh, getting the first goal or even the first couple goals, especially with how just how much shaking that uh, both Ottinger and Wedgwood took over the last 60 minutes of hockey like if you can really get it in their heads quickly uh this might be a uh doomsday scenario for the stars
1: yeah i remember i was going to say uh if you looked at what happened in the dallas minnesota series so game one dallas loses in overtime Mm -hmm. game two they really take it to to, to minnesota and win game Mm -hmm. three they get destroyed by minnesota um Wow, that sounds a lot like this series, and then yeah, yeah and then the rest of the series, Jake Godinger goes Super Saiyan, and uh, he just like cosplays as a brick wall. Seattle's a much deeper team than Minnesota. I think the matchup is much better. Uh, I don't think this is going to play out uh, the same way, but it is uh, emblematic that like okay, well, when Dallas just gets annihilated, you know they. They don't just give up, right? They just come back strong, which is, I mean, you know, good. I, I think Pete DeBoer is like a, a pretty good coach and um, good coach. You know, he's had success. Yeah. You know, cup finals and did some stuff in Vegas and whatever. So like, he's not an idiot. Uh, he is probably going to have his team, you know, team ready to play. It's a playoffs, So, but uh, yeah, it, people looking at this game three and being like, oh man, Dallas, they're done. Ah, no more punches. Who's it gonna be, Edmonton or Vegas? Like, uh, nobody.
0: Oh boy, (laughs) let's take it one step at a time, please. (laughs) Oh my god, it's been, I I believe it was a Todd Lewicki up in uh, the press box that said, uh, that was just passing a national reporter who says, I'm nervous, but I'm smiling. And that's been this whole series. It's just cool, I'm having so much fun, and I'm so afraid that the stars could turn it back on. But I do think that uh, it's going to be a fun game, no matter what. Um, they definitely. I would really appreciate it if they didn't let the stars split the series. Because uh, as time goes on, I'm afraid of just how much time Ottinger is given to regain his confidence. So let's try and let's try and wrap this up quick if we can. So, with that one out of the way, we've gotten a great discussion on the Kraken, but there's a lot of other playoffs going on right now. You see, we've got a bunch of second round series that are uh, uh, causing all sorts of consternation. The Vegas Oilers series that you alluded to, Zam, is currently tied 1-1. Uh, Vegas definitely took it to them in the first game. And then uh, Connor McDavid showed up. And then, more especially, Leon Draisaitl showed up. And oh, okay. that guy... So
1: you so you let up with Edmonton's second best player,
0: <laughs> I want mean, yeah, okay. I, I wanted to, I, little wanted little to little I wanted little to little I wanted to lead little us little into stuff. the uh the destroyer of worlds the, the, the <laughs> M become <laughs> hockey deaf Leon Dreisaitl who has just been dominating conversation right now um is there a way to stop this player right now because they're playing a very very dangerous team in the golden knights and Leon Dreisaitl was just everywhere he was he was unstoppable for them and i just wanted to get your your guys's thoughts on this on the, what is becoming quickly one of the more sneaky interesting series because the knights definitely did their kind of con, bowie constrictor thing where they just kind of hold you in place until you die and then the oilers did the oilers thing and now we're coming into a game three where i couldn't tell you who's the favorite anymore these, these, these are two teams who are playing out of their mind, and I'm very excited to see what uh, their Game 3 looks like.
2: Well, I think you're the favorite if you've got the best players on the ice. And if McDavid and Dreisaitl play separately, 50% or more of the game, Edmonton has the best player on the ice at any given time. I can't believe that he went fourth overall, Dreisaitl. I don't even remember who went ahead of him, honestly, but, but there, it was a mistake, whoever it was. He has a good shot at breaking the all-time record for playoff goals. He might do it against the Kraken for better or worse. Uh, And he just, he just wills his team to victory when, when McDavid gets all the attention, there's Dreisaitl and his ability to shoot that high angle shot from the, from the low corner on the power play. It's unstoppable. And it is, it's, Ovechkin-esque in the way you know where he's going to be, you know the shot's coming, and there's nothing you can do.
1: Sam Bennett, Aaron Ekblad, and Sam Reinhart were the three taken before Dreisaitl, by the way. Huh. Uh, in my opinion, I would probably take Leon Dreisidel over Sam Bennett, Aaron Ekblad, or Sam Reinhart. Uh, maybe that's just crazy.
0: Well, Jared McCann, 10th I in mean, that draft, by the way. Wow. That 2014 was a great draft. Wow. Look at all these names. Uh, But speaking of, speaking of, you mentioned a lot of players who are all playing for the same team in this year's playoffs. Uh, If when Edmonton isn't playing, often there will be the Toronto Maple Leafs playing. And uh, Aaron Eckblad, Sam Reinhart, and Sam Bennett are all playing on the same team that have the Toronto Maple Leafs down three nothing in a series. Um, And they've been... Honestly, kind of kicking the Maple Leafs up and down the ice. Like they had a pretty okay game two; they played really well, Uh, but then they just kind of let bad goals in. And then this game three, man, I watched the. I I came back from uh, doing something and turned on game, turned on the second period, and said, "All right, what's going to happen next?" Because this has been a very unpredictable series in spite of the fact that uh, the Panthers are up um, 3 have The Leafs have had pretty decent leads, pretty uh, strong games, and then they just squander it. They completely squander it, and this game was probably one of the worst examples of that. They played horrific hockey through the final 20 minutes or so and into overtime. Sam Reinhart got that overtime winner off of a uh, off a wrap around, and man, all those people chanting, "We want Florida, I don't know if you really knew what you were getting. Hey, uh, the
1: fans in Florida then were also chanting, "We want Florida." So those <laughs> people were happy,
0: yeah, they they seem to have gotten <laughs> as they got as much Florida as Toronto did, and I'm not sure if Toronto's ready for it now because they look. I believe I forget who exactly does these um, expected goals um, breakdowns of who each player of uh, which player was where on their team's performance. Um, John Tavares, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews were all towards the bottom. That's terrible for them. They were completely un- they were completely ineffective. And I mean, I was making jokes about them with uh the uh, former SB Nation crew, uh, we sort of decided that Mitch Marner is going to be a great Guangdong Tiger. But um, I, I just want to get you, your guys' thoughts on this improbable run that the Panthers are on right now. Just, do you think they can do this?
2: I think, I'll guarantee you they're going to win the series. That, that Toronto team, they don't have the mental strength and stability to come back from down 3 nothing. Um Much like, the teams are happy. Colorado was happy they were facing the Kraken. I'm sure Dallas was happy they were facing the Kraken. People feel the same way as the Panthers get by Boston and everybody in Toronto was feeling great about it, I have no doubt. You don't want to face that team. You have A team with nothing to lose, well, we we see it happen on a nightly basis in Seattle.
0: Yeah. Uh... Zam, any thoughts about uh, Toronto's woes?
1: So I haven't had a lot of chance to watch um, a lot of these games because when they happen on the day of a home cracking game, I'm already at Climate Pledge like two two hours before and uh, so I'm I'm doing like, you know, press stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they do have a monitor with like the previous games so you can like watch. So I did see like the overtime winner, but it's hard to like get a game flow and all that stuff. Right, right, right. Uh, that seems being said, like I'm not that surprised I mean, they won the president's trophy last year. They have a lot of the same players from last year. And one of the players they didn't have last year, they have this year is Kachuk who, you know, I think has been, at least in the regular season, I think he was the second best player after McDavid. Um, You know, uh, this playoffs obviously drive saddle is just breaking everything, but, but Kachuk is so good. Right. And it's like, well, okay, here's a president's trophy winner that probably got better in, in the off season. And like, now they're, winning playoff series it's like well i, don't know. I mean yeah their seating is uh, lower than expected but like this is a good team i like nothing is like whoa
2: matthew kachuk
1: wow <laughs> where did yeah, this I mean, guy come everybody from
2: thought, <laughs> everybody who thought that was an overpay when they traded for him look at where the flames finished look where the panthers are today right like they they got the player they wanted and they extended him long term and yeah he looks great he He's given up on a lot of that uh, disturber stuff that was really his focus at the start of the year. He just gets it done now.
0: Yeah,
1: his brother's oh. doing the same thing too. It's like it's like the Kachuk family. Also, because I'm 100 years old, I I also watch his dad a lot. And his dad was the same way. It's just like, yeah, you know, just kind of a shit stir. But then, like when the games matter, he's just like, all right, well, now let's fucking go.
0: So great that we've got just multiple Kachucks now doing the equals amounts of shit disturbing and also uh, work. (laughs) It's so good. So glad that the Kraken are in the Western Conference right now. Such a big fan of that. Please never trade. Please Ottawa never trade the Kachuk you have. I don't want him in this conference. I don't want to be anywhere near that conference right now. But man, you gotta give him gotta give Paul Maurice credit. He knew what that team was good at um they're kind of uh loosey-goosey in their own end but they are very good at creating uh easy clear lanes for sergey Bobrovsky to play the best sergey Bobrovsky hockey that we can get which is a real thing i'm saying in 2023 i don't know how any of this is happening anymore but hey it's made for fun <laughs> it's made for an amazing playoff series um let's take a look around um do we have any thoughts on the Carolina, New Jersey series? Carolina showed up, uh, kind of dropped two really bad stinkers on uh, on the Devils, and then the Devils just blew them out right back. Um, is there anything we can learn from this series, or is it just going to be a cocaine rail car the whole time?
2: Well, I'm not going to make any predictions on this one because the <laughs> Devils were down 2 nothing against the Rangers and, and ended up moving past them relatively easily. I don't know which team is better. Um, I think those are probably the two favorites from the Eastern Conference to make the Cup Final, whoever comes out of it. Um, but yeah, I, no, no, no guarantees from this side.
1: Watching Carolina stresses me out, just the way they play. I just, I don't understand it. I know it works. I think Ron Bridenboar is great. Uh, but like, my God, like the, the way that they enter the zone uh, with like no zone entries and they just like dump it in and then four check. It's it's, it's very weird. I know they play the style. It's very different than every other team. And, um, you know, I think it's really cool. And I love that they they execute it well. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand, like, how does this match up against other things, you know?
0: I think that there, there, was, uh, there was an article going around on a sub stack that, Seem to give the impression that rimming it around the uh, the offensive net does have um, g- better results than you might expect. So it doesn't. So if you can, God forbid, you know, create those puck battles and then win them to the uh, efficiency that Carolina does, uh, you can really create an interesting system there. Now, I'm not sure that's going to work all the time, though. It certainly seems to have done wonders for them so far. Um, They certainly beat up on a team that uh, a lot of people sort of assume is uh, playoff hockey, which is to say they hit a lot and they've got great goaltending most of the time. But, uh, man, I don't know what you can do against a team that is just that fast all the time. Even when they're losing, they're so fast, those Devils. And so even if I can't necessarily take anything as a a learning experience from this, other than uh, the Canes play weird and the Devils play fast... Uh, it'll make for actually a really fun series. This has actually been a really fun second round because I think a lot of people sort of get in in their heads that like the first round is so good, and then it all kind of peters up. No, this has been really fun. I think having like a full regular season and not having to worry about any of the um any of like the lack of games or just being all stressed out by uh, COVID and whatever has really kind of reminded people the playoffs are so much fun. Um, just a couple of minor things before we start to uh, wrap it up. It looks like that we don't really have any uh, uh, updates on guys like uh, Spronger or Jared McCann. Uh, Jared McCann was practicing in a white jersey to, uh, over the past couple of days, which is, that's a really good sign for him. Um, but uh, what do you guys think is the base the baseline return for him? Because I feel like he's getting closer. He's finally getting back into uh, full practice, but still, uh, we've been given very little information on him, which is kind of the part of the course for hockey, especially Dave Haxel. But um, I just want to see where your head's at regarding him. If he come, if he, if you think he's good, should he play? Because Ty Cartier is playing really well. He doesn't look like he wants to be. Uh, he wants to be taken out of the lineup. Uh, what do you? What do you do if Jared McCann is coming towards? Uh, playoff readiness.
2: I give him one more game. Uh, like you said, Cartier is playing amazing. Uh, I think it was his shot that hit Heisken in the end, wasn't it? Yes, yes. it was. Uh, so while you're missing a 40 goal score, you haven't been missing offense because Cartier's been able to chip in. And it was a head injury. you just you want to give a little bit extra time. So if he takes in they're gonna they're gonna try to hit him if he comes back. Give him the extra game. It's a boost to the team for a game five that could potentially uh, be closing out the series. And McCann's long-term health is the most important thing.
1: I wonder if they find themselves in a situation where it's like, well, McCann could, like, could go or not go for game four, and then Sprong is out because he left in early in the second period. And uh, I was watching, and I, I I could I didn't see anything. Like there was just nothing. I didn't see
0: anything either. I have um, no idea what happened to him
1: yeah and uh and as far as like secrecy goes um the Kraken, i think do it to a fault so the night that underberg helped, so there was a i think it was the golden night i don't know it was, it was one of the first uh, uh either the last home game of the regular season or one of the first playoff games it was it was whatever night they announced neverkowski was was out uh because he had surgery mm-hmm. and this happened at like 11:30 p.m. At eleven forty-five PM, I'm sitting here in the in the briefing room, and Haxal, Somebody asks Haxall, "What is the status of Burkovsky?" Like it's done every night, and he's like, "Ah, oh, mm-hmm. we have no we have no information. You know, we don't we don't know right." And it's like he had surgery three days prior. They announced it a, a, an hour la- After there is no re- there is no reason to be cagey in that. Like there's no incentive. Right, what, like, what was it really important for that extra hour after the game for people not? And like, it's just so weird.
0: The, so, aesthet- the anesthetic hasn't worn off yet. You don't know, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's like I don't know what they're gonna do. They're never gonna tell us that. Mm. Like, it it doesn't matter if Burakovsky has had surgery three days prior and he's out for two rounds for sure. They're just going to be like, oh, I don't know. Well, we, you know. well, we'll announce when we're ready to announce. Um, so I wonder if, if McCann is ready to go for tomorrow, um, he, they could put him into the lineup. And then my guess would be to kind of do what the Stars did with the pavelski hints Robertson line. Was when Pavelski came back and they dropped him down to the second line. Um, and kept the 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 Ben line up, up top because they just like that chemistry better. And I, I would I would guess I don't know if McCann like drops the fourth line. What's where Strong would be if they do some line juggling there. But that would be
0: a my guess is that fourth the fourth is... What's that? That would be such a wild fourth line. <laughs> what a weird roster construction this would be. <laughs> no, but it's working. So I have yeah. nothing. I, no no uh, no criticisms here. Uh, Ron Francis has done unbelievably well with this uh, with this roster so far. and um I guess the only thing to say now is a uh, mild predictions on uh, how you think game four is gonna go and then uh, 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 get on our way. So Sean, Zam, game four. okay, what do you think?
2: I think it's gonna be a close one. It is not gonna be a blowout. I'm saying three two, but I'm saying the Kraken do get the first goal once again, and they find a way to get the 3-1 the series lead.
0: Love that. Sam? Uh
1: so I am not allowed to experience any joy, um, only stress. So I'm going to say that the Kraken uh lose three to two. Um, and then they force a game seven eventually, which they they do win in overtime because <sighs> uh because I hate myself, and so I'm just, I'm just envisioning, like, the absolute worst possible, but not losing, but just the worst possible scenario otherwise, and so I'm emotionally preparing for myself that. Realistically, uh, I don't know, maybe, yeah, I think, like, three to two uh, in either way. I, I do think Dallas bounces back. It also sounds like Mira Haskin is, is going to play tomorrow. Um and so I bet that, that's huge, right? Uh mm-hmm. if Ottinger is hurt, if we see Wedgewood, yeah. So yeah, my, my, my expectation is we see we see Ottinger and he's fine. We see Haskin and he's fine, and this turns into a tough close series again, and we don't have the game three nonsense blowout where you know Ottinger is a pumpkin and the second best defenseman on earth, in my opinion, is not playing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh for me, I am sort of following in the same vein. I think it's gonna be a much closer game, but I also think this is a series that has been a uh, little more uh, loosey goosey when it comes to score. I think it's going to be something along the lines of crack and win in OT 4-3 because this yeah, has just been like, cause it's just been back and forth. We're playing a brave new kind of hockey where we've just erased the blue line entirely. <laughs> no offsides. No concern about whether or not you're on what whether or not the neutral zone matters, no battles in the neutral zone. It's just run and gun 200 feet in both directions. And it's made for, in my opinion, the most fun series. uh, If you're not a big fan of schadenfreude, if you're into just pure uh, fun and uh, maybe a little bit of stress. Okay. A lot of bit of stress. This has been the series to watch. And I think that the Kraken are going to put the Dallas stars uh, up against the wall. Now, having said that, I don't think that game five is going to be an elimination game because the stars are going to do something uh, heinous in order to keep that series alive. But I I do like the idea that this is going to go and become a six and seven game series. I'm really excited for it.
1: If, if, if they clinch a game six, like, so the, the atmosphere at around climate pledge, I I don't know if either of you have spent any time in Seattle, um, but you know, it's it's great. It's overcast for a lot of the year, and then from like mm-hmm. May to September, it's like seventy degrees and sunny. I don't know what that is in Celsius. Sorry, Sean. Um, it's very nice, mm-hmm. and so what? So the mood is just like, we have like that first sunny day after just like a cluster of gray days. It just like, the mood skyrockets. And so for game six of the Colorado series, that was what that was. And they had a party out there. They had like the DJ, and, and they're doing face painting. And, and like people are walking around in cosplay and stilts. <laughs> and, uh, it, was, it was so, and people are like standing, there were like crowds of people standing outside the, the arena without tickets, like refreshing their phones, trying to buy a last second ticket. It was so cool to see, like just, like not just like this being a hockey town, but like like hockey lust. Um mm. so having that elimination game at game six of this series, if that happens, and like having them actually if they could eliminate at home, I just I can't even imagine what that would be like for the city. It is Unbelievable seeing all of the Kraken stuff. It, people, I mean, I go to the grocery store and they're like, oh, Kraken, right? The first year. <laughs> I was, I, I, I've been wearing Kraken stuff like non-stop ever since like day one or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. the first year it's like, oh, that's cool, right? And like this year it's like way different. People are like, they're high-fiving me and they're hugging me, and they're, you know, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, group power. <laughs> um, and so it would be so what a gift to the city if they could close out the series at home. I would just that's really what I want more than anything else. If they, if they go to the conference finals, and they win or lose or whatever, but I just want that series clincher at home. I, especially on a sunny day, that would just be the best possible thing I could think of.
0: I mean, it, it beats the hell out of uh, hoping that maybe this T-Birds go to the Memorial cup. I think, uh, man, I'm, I'm just so happy for them. And it looks like it's going to be a half decent week in Seattle. So, who knows, man? This could be this could be such a great uh, way to finish a honestly fantastic second round. Um, other than that, I think uh, we will leave it to the preview that is, of course, coming up on davidjoneslockerroom.com, dot and uh, we will also keep you up to date with injury news and any upcoming lineup changes for David Jones Locker Room and Fans First Sports Network. My name is Sky, and you can find me at Sky On Air underscore. I am Joined today by Zayem at ZBeg and of course Sean Mallon at What's the Crack. Thank you all very much and go cracking.
1: Go cracking. Go cracking.